Today, I, I'm going to do my best to share with you that which the Lord has birthed in my spirit. And I'm going to deal, today I'm going to deal with, with our nation. Uh, I feel like it's important for us to understand. Uh, but at the same time, and then tonight I'm going to deal with the church, if the Lord would help us. But as a nation today, we are, we're blessed. Uh, we're not the only ones, uh, but how many knows that our short history, we are, we are extremely blessed people. And how many knows that sometimes you don't know what you have until you lose it. And I don't want us to lose what we have. We got a lot of things that we need to do, a lot of things we need to improve on, but I, it may sound a little unencouraging, if you will, if, but if you stay with me to the end, I believe we can leave encouraged today. But I think we can bury our head in the sand if we want to, and we can lose what we have, and our children and our children's children, if the Lord delays his coming, will not experience what we have today. Because there's some things that we're losing, and we're losing it very quickly. And I believe we have to address it, and we have to be honest about it. So today, I'm going to do my best to be honest with you today. Is that all right? Proverbs chapter number 24, beginning in verse number 30 through verse number 34. Solomon is writing. And this is what we find. He said, I went by the field of the slothful, and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Tell your neighbor, said, the Lord showed him something. He said, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as the one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Let us read verse 33 again. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Let us pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence in the room today. We thank you for life, health, and strength that you've given to us. But today, Lord, I pray for the next few moments that you would anoint this vessel. Lord, I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase. I pray that the Holy Spirit would equip me in a manner to not speak my opinion, but to speak with the power and the anointing of the Lord in such a manner that we would not just hear with our ears, but that our inner man would hear and would be awakened and that we would become engaged in this moment in history. We'll give you the praise and the glory for it. The church says amen and amen. The writer simply says, I was walking or I went by the field of the slothful and I went by the vineyard of a man void of understanding. And as I was walking, I discovered that it was grown over with thorns, and I found that nettles had covered the face thereof, and that the stone wall was broken down. But he said, then when I saw it and I considered it, I, I pondered it, I considered it well, I meditated upon it, I gave great thought to it, he said, I began to receive instruction. And when I received this instruction, I was simply told just what you're seeing is the result of a little sleep, a little slumber. Wasn't a, wasn't a deep sleep, wasn't just a little sleep, just a little slumber, just a little folding of the hands. He said because of that there's poverty and there's want. For a few moments this morning I want to talk to you today about the neglected vineyard the neglected vineyard just a couple of days ago i had the privilege to walk into a cave that was discovered about 20 years ago on the outside of this cave there is several large wine vats 
As I was listening to my friend Dr. Jacob explain some of the things and we was looking at these massive wine vats, he said that you're looking at something that no longer can be recreated. Something that is very unique, these wine vats, if you know anything about grapes or wine of that matter, you'll find that they would dig a hole and they would put these vats in the ground and it would keep their wine. And, but they was made from stone, but over time, because of neglect, because a little sleep and a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, he said, these here are at least 100 years old and we can't reproduce that anymore because we lost the knowledge of how produce it we can't refabricate it we can make something similar but we can't make these because we lost the art of it so now there's wine dressers and those that own vineyards are traveling to all of the different villages and trying to scavenge everything they hand because they want it because when you have these particular stone wine vats it changes the taste of the wine it it affects everything about the product and i share that because of the simple fact is when they this particular cave that i had the privilege of walking in they found about 20 years ago when they went in they found some of these old wine vats as they began to excavate and uh, remove some of the soil but inside of some of these vats they found some dried seeds some grape seed and I never knew this about grapes there's 500 and some odd different types of grape I thought a grape was a grape just maybe a green one and a grape one uh, mm. but uh, seedless not seedless you know all these types of things but I kept learning all of this stuff about grapes and they found these seeds and they I don't know who would want this job but there's people that take those jobs that take that seriously and they analyze these seeds and they go back and they can take you all the way back to the history and these seeds dated are all the way back and they believe that these seeds actually truly are from the time period of when Noah came off the ark and he planted a vineyard they and they're only true to that part of the world so therefore now they are they've recreated they're 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 producing these things it's very neat it's not anything to do with my message today but I think it's kind of cool but the thing is I'm saying is this that there was some neglect neglect there was just a little bit of the sleep just a little bit of the folding of hands and we've lost so much and now there's a lot of speculation could it be should it be what is it really can I tell you today is with great urgency this morning that I stand before you because I'm really pressed in my spirit to sound the alarm in the ears of God's people this morning for we must truly be awakened and we must be made aware of the true condition of our vineyard. When I begin to talk about a vineyard, I'm talking about our nation. I'm talking about the place that we get to call home. I'm reminded of Nehemiah when he asked the condition of the people and he asked of the condition of the cities of his father in Nehemiah chapter number one. Many of you are familiar with that story, but let me give it to you very quickly. Nehemiah was in a place of comfort. He was the cupbearer to the king. Everything was well in his life. There was no lack. He was in a place of prosperity. He was in a place where everything that he needed was present. He wasn't in a state of poverty, but he was in a place of abundance. But yet he began to ask because some of his brethren came and he said, how is it in the city of my fathers? How is it in the city of Jerusalem? And he said, how is it with the condition of the people that just came out of a place of captivity? And this is what he heard his brethren say. He said, the remnant that are left of the captive in Nehemiah chapter one, verses three and four. He said, they're in the providence, they're in great affliction and reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem also was broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it come to pass that Nehemiah said, when I heard these words that I sat down and I wept and I mourned certain days and I fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. He was awakened, and it changed the directive of his life. You will find that upon hearing the true condition of the vineyard of Jerusalem, 
He could not sit silent, but he had to stand and become engaged and involved. If I could say it this way, he was awakened in such a manner that he got to a place where he could not even function as he normally functioned every day. For when you read on a little further, you will find in the book of Nehemiah that when he went into the presence of the king, his countenance was sad. And it was unlawful for him to do that. It could have cost him his life. But the king looked at him and said, what's wrong with you today? I know that you're not sick in body. He said, how can I be joyful when I know the condition of the city of my fathers? He said, if you will let me, give me permission to go. And we find that he went and did the unthinkable and the impossible because when he went uh, and after he had got the letters of the king and got permission to go over and travel, we find that upon his arrival into this, in this city of Jerusalem, he went out for three days after he had been there and surveyed everything that was going on. And we find that then upon talking to the people, he said, the hand of the Lord is upon me. We are come and we are going to rebuild. We are going to bring back uh, that which we are seeing in disarray. And we know that in a matter of 50 some odd days, uh, he restored the walls uh, of Jerusalem. You say, why is that important today? Notice with me, I have been blessed and you have been blessed to receive an inheritance from our founding fathers. Uh, we are living in a land that is filled with prosperity. Uh, we have wanted for nothing. Those that have came before us have paid a great price for that which you and I have been able to enjoy. And I tell you this morning, my children did not have to live in a house where when the snow would come, that the wind would blow it through the cracks on the wall. And they had, didn't have to shake the covers. Uh, they didn't have to look through the floor and see chickens and pigs running underneath it. Uh, you know why? It's because my daddy, that Ray was uh, born and lived in that environment, said, I'm going to do better for my children. Uh, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to fight for this thing and I'm going to work. Uh, and because of that, that we have done the same and can I tell you great prosperity uh, when we come from rags if you will and now we live in a state of abundance uh, I don't have one pair of shoes I got a closet full of shoes uh, I don't have one pair of pants but I've got a hundred pairs of pants uh, can I tell you uh, listen uh, I, I don't have to wonder where my next meal's coming from but I got cupboards that's running over uh, can I tell you I'm grateful for that I'm not bragging about that uh, but I'm just bringing you to a place uh, where understand uh, that there is a generation uh, and a generation and a generation before that uh, that fought for this thing uh, and you and I uh, don't know what it is to really want for much of anything. Uh, men and women alike have rolled up their sleeves and they have labored to create that which has been entrusted to you and I. And I'm not talking about just natural things or materialistic things uh, but there's a thing uh, that there's one word that I want you to get in your spirit today and that is this. Uh, because of those that have came before us, uh, you and I have freedom. Not only did they cultivate the soil, not only did they build great cities, uh, and also did they not only just build uh, things uh, to help their family uh, to be better than it was with them, uh, but also they built a place in which the God of the universe uh, was welcomed and uh, worshiped. Uh, evil has tried everything in its power uh, to attack this great land through our short history. Uh, but due to those who have dwelt uh, within this vineyard, been willing to stand and to fight. We have withstood those attacks and we have remained victorious because today you and I are still experiencing freedom. Can I tell you there is people today across this globe that could not assemble as you and I have this morning. They couldn't lift their voice as you did this morning. They couldn't clap their hands like you did this morning. They couldn't dance like you did this morning but they had to sing uh, they had to lip sing. Uh, some of them couldn't even gather because of the condition of where they find themselves. Uh, but for uh, but it's not just those things. But can I tell you this morning, uh, from the battlefields to the hill to, to the halls of legislation, uh, as well as from the platforms of the churches that scattered across our landscape, uh, we have been a vineyard filled with people uh, who refuse to sit in silence. Uh, we have stood uh, for truth. Yes, we have. Uh, we 
We have defended the rights of all. Uh, yes, we have. Uh, we have embraced life uh, and we have condemned yet death. Uh, yes, we have. Uh, we have protected our children uh, and we have respected our elders uh, and we have embraced the Bible uh, and defended its values. Uh, we can say praise the Lord to all of that, uh, but I have to give you two words following that statement. Uh, until now. Over the last several years, we have witnessed men become selfish, proud, and idolatrous. Uh, we have become drunk on our own success, uh, and we have become a vineyard filled with those who are slumbering and sleeping. Uh, can I tell you, one may ask, how can I say such things? Uh, my answer is very simple. Uh, I have walked through the vineyard. Uh, I have taken inventory of that uh, which I have saw. You can bury your head in your sand if you want to, uh, but can I tell you that which Solomon experienced in chapter 24 in verse number 30. Uh, he said, I went by the field of the slothful uh, and I went by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. Uh, can I tell you, we are a vineyard this morning uh, that has been occupied by many uh, who no longer know who they are. Uh, they are void of understanding. Our boys don't know if they're boys. Uh, our girls don't know if they're girls. Uh, can I tell you, uh, we got to realize uh, verse 31 describes us very well. Uh, it says, it was all grown over with thorns uh, and nettles had covered the face thereof uh, and the stone wall thereof uh, was broken down. Uh, when you start talking about a thorn uh, you're talking about a stiff, sharp pointed woody projection uh, on a stem or an other plant. Uh, the strategy of those who rebel against God's word uh, has become nothing but thorns for us in this vineyard. Uh, these thorns are piercing our children daily. Uh, the teachings of Marxism and socialism uh, along with evolution uh, is doing nothing uh, but poking and poking and poking. Uh, it is uh, covering the landscape uh, and what happens is when thorns begin to grow uh, when thorn bushes begin to grow they don't just grow by themselves uh, but there's also little nettles that begin to come in the thicket. Uh, what is a nettle? Uh, nettle is just those branches uh, those little vines that begin to go uh, and they begin to sting uh, those, have you ever been in nettles? before, it ain't no fun. Uh, if you've been out in the woods any at all, uh, can I tell you, they just start getting all over you. Uh, what am I talking about? Uh, these little stringed hairs uh, just begin to cover the surface. Uh, that which has grown with the thorns uh, is continually stinging a generation this morning. Uh, gender identity, uh, social acceptance, uh, tolerance for evil, uh, addiction of all manner, uh, the redefining of marriage, uh, the redefining of family. Uh, can I tell you, we are a vineyard uh, that is covered with nettles this morning. Uh, nobody wants to talk about it. Uh, nobody wants to address it uh, because we're holy. Uh, we, we got our Sunday best on this morning. Uh, we're going to sing the songs of Zion. Uh, we're going to dance like everything's wonderful and altogether lovely in our life. Uh, but you're going to walk out there, get in your car. Uh, you're going to fight with your wife. Uh, you're going to be distressed. Uh, you're going to be aggravated at your job. Uh, you got your worlds upside down. Uh, but I don't want to address the thorn. Uh, I don't want to talk about the nettles. Uh, can I tell you? Uh, currently I see the beauty uh, of our land being overrun uh, by thorns and nettles. Uh, our landscape is changing uh, because we have allowed the walls to be torn down. Listen. I don't know if it's daytime, nighttime. Uh, my schedule's all up, so I'm just gonna do what I know to do, and that's gonna preach for a little bit. Uh, can I tell you, uh, I'm tired in body, uh, but I'm here in my spirit telling you today uh, that I refuse to be silent uh, because I got to tell somebody uh, the walls that have always provided protection uh, has not been government, uh, it's not been Republicans, it's not been Democrats, uh, it's simply been the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, but now the church uh, has become so targeted, uh, and it has been so in love with darkness uh, that now uh, we are infiltrated with new age teaching, uh, seeker friendly movement, uh, absent from the true word of God. Uh, listen, uh, we have abandoned what David said. Uh, it is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, we wonder why we're bumping into everything. Uh, we wonder why it's so dark around us. Uh, it's because we've removed the word of God uh, and we say, I want revival. Uh, no, you don't. Uh, you just simply want somebody to bless you in your mess. Uh, I'm here to tell you there's somebody that can deliver you from your mess uh, and it's still Jesus. Uh, my friend, this is the result uh, of a little sleep, uh, a little slumber, uh, and a little of the folding of the hands. Uh, this current behavior uh, has given access 
access to the powers of darkness uh, to once again uh, invade a land that God had placed his hand of blessing upon uh, and that which he had planted. Uh, but I got good news today. Uh, there's a remnant of God's people that says I've had enough. Uh, man of God, I'm talking to you this morning. Uh, woman of God, I'm talking to you today. Uh, please have ears to hear. Uh, we must awaken uh, and we must engage in this hour. Uh, our vineyard uh, must be fought for. Uh, it must be preserved uh, for it is out of this vineyard uh, that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, has been exported into the ends of the earth. Uh, if we go down, uh, this world is in trouble yeah. on a scale that we've never known. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through 14 says this, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in righteousness and drunkenness, not in the chambering and wantonness, not in strive and envy. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I wonder this morning, do you really know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? Well, yeah, no, 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 I'm not talking. Do you understand what time it is? Paul, when he was writing, he wasn't writing to the world. He's writing to the church. He said, listen, it's high time to awake because of the hour in which we find ourselves. If it was that time then, how much more urgent should it be now? He said, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Listen, you don't want to see, you don't want to see what it looks like when the vineyard is completely overran with thorns and nettles. It isn't pretty. It isn't anything to celebrate. It isn't anything to get excited. You don't want to see it when all of the walls is completely torn down. Please hear me. We must once again raise up a generation that is filled with the power and the anointing of God. This approach that we have embraced in the church world of thinking we're just going to explain this to them. And they're going to get it, and then they're going to run with it. You need to take that thought process and throw it in the trash right now. Because the only way this generation is going to get it is like every generation before them got it. And that was by the revelation power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the room. Please hear me. The church of Jesus Christ has to awaken but not just awaken to anything, but 1 Corinthians 15, 34 tells us what we're to awaken to. We are to awaken to righteousness. Not new age ideals, not new methods, not against new methods, but if that's all we have, a new method without any power, we don't have anything other than what the world has, a production. But we have to wake to righteousness and we have to walk away from sin. Because look, Paul was writing to the church at Corinth. He said, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. What he's simply saying is this. The church that was in Corinth, listen, you got, you're full of thorns, you're full of nettles, and your walls are torn down, and therefore you got people that don't know nothing all around you. Please hear me. Our assignment has not changed. Ephesians 5, 14 through 17, we read these words. It says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See, then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Can I ask this question to you, young and old alike? Do you know what the will of the Lord is for your life? Do you really know what the will of the Lord is for your life? Well, I just hope that my baby gets saved and goes to the house of the Lord faithfully. Well, I hope they do too, but at the same time, listen, that ain't, that's not the will of God. 
Go to the house of the Lord to be equipped, to be edified, so that you can be witnesses in your Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. Please hear me. If we keep everything in this house, in this house, we continue to have a vineyard that is filled with thorns and nettles with broken walls. Let me, let me give you Matthew 28. Jesus is speaking some of his final words. He says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. But he says, listen, I want you, verse number 19, I want you to go. And I want you to teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Please hear me tonight, or this morning rather. I think it's night. It's night where I've been. We have to embrace the responsibility as well as the privilege that we the church have been given. It is our responsibility to make sure that our vineyard is not filled with thorns and nettles. It's our responsibility to make sure that the walls are not torn down. I know you wouldn't shout me down this morning. That's all right. But I'm going to tell you something today. You can wish for something different. But until you apply yourself to it, you'll never get anything different. I wish my family would serve the Lord. When was the last time you laid between the porch and the altar for three days for them? I'm just saying. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5 through 8. You are the children of light, the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love for a helmet, the hope of salvation. May I remind us that we've been called to continue that which Jesus started. You and I today must understand that right now we are living in a neglected vineyard. We can talk about revivals of yesterday. We can talk about Azusa Street. Wonderful. We can talk about Brownsville. Wonderful. We can talk about the great awakenings that has happened. Wonderful. But what about now? What about in this very moment? In every other time in history, there was men and women that was willing to roll up their sleeves, go into the vineyard, and make sure that the thorns was absent, make sure the nettles was absent, made sure that the walls was in good condition. They were generations that was willing to give of their time, their talent, and their treasure. Please don't be offended by what I'm getting ready to say, but we have become a generation of people that don't know how to give. We will not give of our time. We will not give of our talent. And begrudgingly, we give of our treasure because it is a religious act in which we perform. And then we wonder why we have so many thorns and so many nettles upon a generation. Why are they continually been stung? Why are they grasping at anything and everything just to try to get free? Please hear me this morning. I'm thankful for the presence of God in this room today during worship. But that accomplishes very little. Unless we take that anointing and that presence into the vineyard. This ideal that I hear continually. We want another move of God. We want a revival. I want a move of God. 
I want a revival, but a revival is not a series of good services where everybody's feeling good. A revival is where people no longer are takers, but they become givers. Where they don't give selfishly, but they give cheerfully. Where they're willing to lay themselves on an altar of sacrifice and say, God, if you can use anything, use me. I walked on some property this past week. On top of it, there's some stones erected. It's a place of pagan worship where they still go and they sacrifice unto their gods. The pagans have no reservation about giving everything they have. They'll even give their children on an altar of sacrifice. They'll give everything. But the followers of God, we will make every excuse in the world and we'll live in a false reality and say, oh, we had a good service Sunday. God's moving while our vineyard is overran with thorns, nettles, and broken walls. In John chapter number 9, Jesus is on the scene and his disciples asked the question as they walked by a blind man who was blind from his birth. They said, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents? And he simply said, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents. He said, But it's for the work of the Lord that it should be manifest in him. He simply said this. He said this in verse number four of that chapter. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. But then he said this in verse number five. He said, but as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. I want to ask you a question. Who's living inside of you today? It's not Buddha. It's not Muhammad. It's not Allah. Who's living inside of you today? If Jesus Christ is living inside of you today, it means he's still present in this world. And we know the Holy Spirit is upon us and in us and powers us and equips us. But he says, as long as I'm in the world, he said, I'm the light of the world. May I ask you this question, how bright are you shining? How bright? Can you say that the flame is flickering or is it burning bright this morning? It has been said that all that it takes is for evil to be victorious is for good men to do nothing. I want to ask us this morning. What have we really done in the last seven days to protect this vineyard that God's given us? It's one thing to talk about family. It's another thing to talk about your church, but I'm talking about our vineyard today. When you look at the history, as they come to the music this morning, as you look at the history of our nation, it's much different than any other nation. God is moving in many nations of the world, and I'm grateful for that. We're not better people than any other nation. I'm not saying that at all, so don't read into that. But we are a nation, we are a vineyard that the Lord has put his hand of approval upon. We was not founded in search of gold or silver or precious stone. But our founding fathers came for the simple fact that they wanted a place to freely worship the one true God. Now there's some dark days in our history. We haven't got it all right. There's some embarrassing days of our history. And I don't advocate for that. But here's one thing that I do know. That the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ has been taken 
to multiple places around this globe from this vineyard. We can't walk this land and say, oh, look at this sculpture that was 3,000 years old. No, we can't do that. I can't take you to the United, any place in the United States and say this building was built in the year 983 B, uh, BC or AD or whatever. I, I, I can't tell you any of that. We don't have that type of history. But here is the history that we have. The power and the anointing of the Lord has been present. And we have sent, and we have sent, and we have sent. But right now, for the first time in our history, in our young history, we don't have young men and women that will even take care of the house in the vineyard, a little long send to another vineyard. For the first time in our history, on a large scale, nothing like it before, outside of a handful of people, God is raising up men and women in other parts of the world saying, I'm giving you a mission field and it's called America because they need to hear the gospel. We're on the fast track of repeating history that's been repeated in other places. The nation of Armenia I love, it's identified as the oldest Christian nation. And they're proud about that. And they should be. Bartholomew was here, Thaddeus was here. I was in the village this week where they believe that that's where they came and taught and preached. We're a Christian nation. But here's the thing. I'm Armenian, so I'm a Christian. They don't know the Bible. They don't know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They don't know what the power of the Holy Spirit is in many places. But they identify. Listen, you can identify as whatever you want, but that don't mean that's what you are. We can continue to make believe and identify that we're a healthy vineyard. Everything's good. Can I tell you that's not true? There's thorns and thistles, nettles all around. And we don't just have a southern border that's broken down, but we got border after border broken down in the natural as well as in the spirit. We're a nation of great immigration. We can honor that. But we are a neglected vineyard. Here's what I'm calling us to do. I can't talk to everybody because not everybody's here, but you're here. The Church of Jesus Christ. You may not see yourself as much. You may not see yourself as anything wonderful. But I see you as a man or a woman of God that has the ability and the power to walk out, to grab that thorn bush, to grab that group of nettles and to pull it up by the roots and throw it over the wall and say it's not allowed in here anymore. I see men and women that's strong enough. You may not be able to pick up a whole wheelbarrow full of stones, but you can pick up one stone at a time and begin to put that wall back together. Because I'm going to tell you something. The wine that flows from the heritage of this vineyard is a wine like no other. When did it become okay for us to lay hands on the sick and they still die? When did that become okay? When did it become okay for us to come and bring our lost loved ones to the house of God, to church with us, and then they not feel the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and they leave just as lost as they did when they come? When did that become okay? Oh, we don't want to offend anybody, preacher. 
we got a house full of people that's never been in the house of the Lord. I sure hope the spirit don't move today because it'll scare them to death. You haven't read your Bible. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that made unbelievers believe. Are we that deceived? Are we that ignorant? Are we that void of understanding? You think your intellectual speech is going to make somebody turn from the things of the world? No. But if you can move in the compassion and the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit and let the Spirit of God speak to the heart of the inner man, they begin to weep and they don't know why they weep. They begin to shake and they don't know why they shake and they say, oh, I need something. God forgive us this morning for settling for a vineyard that's not producing. And it all began by a little sleep, a little slumber, and a little folding of the hands. Please hear this pastor this morning. You need to unfold your hands. You need to quit waiting for somebody else to do it. Little dirt's not going to hurt your fingernails. Little bit of stain on the knees of the jeans isn't going to bother anything. Somebody. Somebody's got to fight for this thing. Why is it so important, preachers, because of this? We have to realize what we have been blessed with. We have to realize that what we've been blessed with is worth fighting for. I want to leave you with this thought this morning. I'd encourage you this week to read 1 Kings chapter number 21. There's a man by the name of Naboth. Ahab looked over and saw his vineyard and he said, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. It's got rich soil. Look at that vineyard. Look at those grapes. Oh, look how wonderful it is. I need that for myself. Have to realize Ahab is an evil man. Nobody before him had been that evil. He's an evil king. He said, Naboth, give me your vineyard. I want to make a herb garden out of it. He says, it's unlawful for me to give you my inheritance of my father's. I can't give you that. But I'll give you something better. I'll give you another parcel of land that'll produce just as good. I'll give it to you your money, in, in the worth of money. I'll, I'll give you whatever you want for it. I want it. It's unlawful for me to give it to you. Ahab went in and laid across his bed. Distraught, Jezebel walked in and said, what's the matter with you, king? He said, well, I just had a conversation. And I like this conversation because Naboth was not intimidated by those that was around him. But you'll find in that passage of scripture, Naboth looked at that king and he said, Ahab, I will not sell my vineyard. What he was simply saying is, I will not compromise the law just to satisfy you. I'm not going to compromise to make you feel good. I'm sorry. I love you too much. I'm not going to stand here and tell you you can do what you want and still go to heaven. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to tell you that sin is still acceptable in the eyes of the Lord. No, he died so you didn't have to live in that manner. I'm going to tell you something. This vineyard's worth fighting for. But America, we need to be healthy right now. 
on a level that we've never been for this last day harvest of souls. Now we can't control the whole vineyard, but we control our corner of the vineyard. So I want to ask us this question as we stand all over this house today. If you walk by the corner of your vineyard today, is it filled with the beauty of a harvest or is it filled with thorns and nettles? One of the things that I miss, one of the things I miss about my father is in the springtime and early summer, he took such pride in his garden. He'd go out and he'd, he'd want those rows to be planted straight. He wanted to be spaced just right. But then once it started growing, we'd always take a little walk down past the barn out to where he had his garden. He'd always show me. He'd take great pride. There wasn't no weeds there. I didn't really ever grow a garden, but helped in on a few times. But my brother Phil and others, they all plant one. Dad get a big smile on his face and he'd look at him. He said, does yours look that good? Phil try to give it back to him. Mine looks pretty good, Dad. I think mine, but nah, yours ain't no better. Dad took great pride. There wasn't no thorns, wasn't no nettles. Phil'd keep it up for a while, but then by midsummer, Phil's distracted and got 50 things going at once. Dad's just taking care of the vineyard. So you take the same walk. Dad still say, yours look that good, son? Phil say, nah, mine's got some weeds in it. I haven't had that much time. Here's my question today. Is everything that's taking our time, is it really that important? Because can I tell you, all of those things we're doing, they're not producing any fruit to sustain us. What sustains us is in the vineyard. You can focus all your attention on politics if you want. You can fight for a red wave, blue wave, purple wave, green wave, I don't care. You're wasting all this good time when you could be working in the vineyard. Because can I tell you, it's still Jesus. It's still Jesus. And if we can get this thing cultivated, if we can get this thing where the thorns are gone and the nettles are removed and the wall is standing, we can begin to see some things grow again. We can see some new life again. And it won't be long till there'll be a sound of celebration because the harvest to come in. Won't be long till there's a smell of some new wine in the vat. So this morning, I know I've taken a little long I don't want you to just hear me here. I want you to hear here. This thing's worth fighting for. So I wonder this morning, does anybody have a burden for the vineyard? Is anybody willing? Is anybody willing to bow a knee? Make up a hedge, stand in the gap, and say, God, do it again. Maybe you're under the sound of my voice and you've never known Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today, can I tell you, it's the best decision you'll ever make. Maybe you're here today and you have encountered him at some point, but you've walked away and you've been in... 
you've allowed all this other noise in your life and you've went this way and you've went that way and you've tasted this and you've tasted that but nothing's ever filled the void in your life can I tell you there's no time like the present to come home but maybe you're somebody that says I know him as Lord and Savior but you'd be honest today and you'd say you know what I see what you're saying I see a generation of middle-aged young adults teenagers alike all just been poked and stung continually and I I don't want that to be the norm on my watch but I want it to change I wonder if anybody would be willing to say I'll go to work in the vineyard if any of those things are you this morning my prayer is that you would have a heart turn towards the Lord that would simply say Lord if you'll help me if you'll strengthen me if you'll give me wisdom give me direction I'll unfold my hands and I won't slumber and I won't sleep but I will stand and you can count on me if that's you this morning I'm going to ask us to do what the church should have never stopped doing and that is this stand or kneel in the presence of our king and say God forgive us for letting the thorns and the nettles forgive us for allowing the enemy to tear down the walls of our vineyard As they just began to minister in song, would you come? Would you Everybody's stay? Pastor Jade Abrams here. I just want to thank you for watching and joining with us today. We're so glad that you chose to be with us. We just encourage you to stay in contact with us. Click, follow, subscribe on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date what's happening here at PTC. We bless you in Jesus' name, and we love you, and so does God. Have a good day.